God is higher and over all. He's higher and over any problem you and I have. He's over all the problems at work. He's over all the problems at home. He's over all the problems with the neighbors who are noisy and have parties in the middle of the night. He is higher and over all. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? All right. We're glad for that. Hey, First Baptist kiddos, would you come up here? We got a little bit of, I got to ask your help on something. So all the First Baptist boys and girls, young men, young ladies, Come on up here, and uh, boy, we got some, I'm preaching on on serving today and ministering today, and and Jesus said he came not uh, to to be served, but to serve, and so what we need to do as Christians is to figure out how to serve, so I know that Mr. Fitz is going to be out of town every once in a while, so I need someone who can uh, teach the adult Sunday school class. Can one of you do that? Oh, well, Henry, yeah, yeah. He said, hey, I help him now with a lot of his sermon material. And, you know, yeah. So, all right. Oh, you know what? And, and I'm going to, part of June, I'm going to be out of town. So maybe somebody would want to preach or not. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Oh, you know, and, and Bobby once in a while has to work uh, on, on Sundays and so on. And so sometimes we need to, to scrub, uh, strip the floors in the rooms and, and mop in, and wax them and all that kind of stuff. Does anybody want to do that? Well, good. We got a couple of volunteers. Now we're getting in there. But you know what? The truth of the matter is you don't have to preach. You don't have to teach an adult Sunday school class. You don't even have to strip the floors. You don't have to get up on the roof and repair the roofing in order to serve. What you have to do to be willing to serve is to be willing to help people. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you know people? Almost everybody knows people. Okay. All right. How many of you go to school or you hang around in your neighborhood with people or you, you, you run into other, other people? Let me see your hands. All right. So here's what you can do to serve. You can figure out ways to help them and to help your parents. You know, one of the main people you can serve is your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister and your neighbors by helping out people. Sometimes serving them just means you're nice to them because there's a lot of mean people in this world and sometimes people need friends who be friends to them even when nobody else is. So I want you to figure out some way you can serve God by serving people this week and I want you to do it, okay? Sound like a winner? All right, let's bow our heads. Our Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that's ours to meet together today in this place We pray your blessings upon the lesson that is taught to the children. We pray your blessings upon the the babies in the nursery as they're cared for by our workers. We pray for every uh, adult in the auditorium to have ears to hear and eyes to see and to realize that nobody here is an accident. We're all here on purpose. You put us here for a reason, and we're never more Christ-like than when we learn to serve others. So thank you for that privilege. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you. Go on to class, boys and girls. Good deal. And we're going to next Sunday have a baptism, so I want to let all the moms and dads know that. Just in case uh, you need to be baptized or know someone who needs to be baptized, we'll be taking care of that, Lord willing, next Sunday morning. Now, God puts us here for specific reasons. 
I don't know how many of you believe that. I don't know how many of you really are convinced of that. I don't know. Maybe some of you feel like you just, you know, you're just here, but you're trying to figure out what it is that God has you here for. Or maybe some of you kind of feel like you're, you really don't have any specific gifts to give to God. So you're just kind of in a quandary. What in the world am I supposed to do? Well, listen, God is a God of purpose and God is a God of order. And God never does anything uh, that doesn't have a reason for him to do it. So he created you and he gave you, uh, he gave you life. And, and, and since nothing happens without his direct action or his permission, therefore you are here for a reason. Now we learned about three weeks ago, we're here to worship him. We're here to love on God. One of the reasons he created us is to love him. We're here, secondly, to fellowship with believers. That's what church is about. Church ministry is about. It's what small groups are about. And we then learn, thirdly, that we're here to, to be discipled, to become more like Jesus Christ every single day. Today, we're going to talk about the fourth reason why we're here. And the fourth reason why we're here, the fourth purpose for us being here is to minister. Minister means to serve. If we, if we never find our ministry, if we live to be 100 years old, if we live to be 120 years old, and we never figure out our ministry, the reason that God put us on the earth, we have missed something extremely vital. And it'll leave us frustrated and unfulfilled. How many know the name Elvis Presley? Okay, just about everybody. All right. Uh, Elvis Presley, like so many singers, started in church. You ever notice the number of singers that say, you know, we started out singing in church? Priscilla, his wife, said, Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. I mean, here he is, one of the most successful singers in all of history. He thought he was here for a reason, maybe to preach, maybe to serve, maybe to save, maybe to care for people. That agonizing desire, she said, was always with him, and he knew he wasn't fulfilling it, so he'd go out on stage so he wouldn't have to think about it. What a tragedy. The king didn't have a clue. My question to you is, do you? Do you have a clue why you're here? Do you know why God put you on this earth? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what reason? To do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. God has given us a plan, a blueprint, a, a life's mission, a life's goal. God created us for good works, and he's prepared us in advance for us to do those things according to Paul's writing in Ephesians chapter 2. So you were made to minister. You were made to serve, not just to be a consumer. We, we receive so much from God. It is important that we learn to give back. And in, in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10, it says each one should use whatever gift he has received to what? Make money? To find happiness? No, what does Peter say? Every one of us should use whatever gift we've received to serve others. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. That's why we're here. That's the only way, really, that we can serve God is by serving other people. What are you going to do for God? Does God need a cup of cold water? Does God need a meal? Does God need uh, clothing on his back? What, do you, what can you do? How really can you serve God unless you learn to serve people? the people whom he created. The word ministry is so misunderstood. Sometimes, and I think it's because we have in governments, minister of whatever it is, what department, minister of agriculture, minister of finance, when we think, well, they're at the very top. 
and what it really means in the inverted pyramid uh, way of, of Jesus explaining leadership is that, uh, that you, you, he who serves the most people is, is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus served everybody. He is the absolute greatest, right? So it's not if you're the CEO uh, at the very apex of a, of a thousand employee company, that doesn't necessarily determine whether you're fulfilling God's will and, and whether you've been successful or not. Ministry has to do with serving. And if you are a CEO, you've got figured out that you have to minister to the people beneath you. One of the things a minister of a church with a big staff is you have to minister to the staff because they're in turn ministering to other people. And so you have to be their pastor and help them. So the word ministry means really, literally to be a servant. And it's not just for pastors. I'd like for us here at First Baptist Church to think in terms of every member a minister every single one of us a minister all men all women all ages now i want you to do something that's going to be a little weird especially if you're first time visitors and and, but it's okay because if you're just visiting you're from out of town you're not going to be back so you don't care so i want you to turn to the person next to you and say you are a minister unfortunately that will not get you a tax exemption uh that that pastors have (laughs) But you are, you are a minister in, in God's economy and God's way of doing things. Jesus is our model. He is our example. And he said in Matthew chapter 20, your attitude must be like my own. For I did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, he is our, he's our model. How many know that there's two different things model can mean, at least? There's two different things. One of them, a model, if you ever had model airplanes or model cars or model whatever, you know, you had these little things, and they're like a little bit, not that kind of model, Jim. Get, get out. Okay, so, uh, you, you, boy, gee. Uh, uh, okay, so it's a, it's a little imitation of the real thing. It's a little imitation of the real thing. That's what a model is, a model XKE. I had one of those when I was a kid. Uh, and it's an imitation of the real thing. Uh, that's not, we're not to be, that's not what Christ is as a model. As a model, he is the preliminary work or construction that serves as a plan from which a final product is to be made. He is the one we are to observe. He is the one we are to watch. He is the one we are to study. He is the model. He is the, he is the standard. He is the, he sets the bar way up here. And and so uh, that's what we want to be. That's what Jesus wants us to be. And so when he says, he came not as the son of God to be served but to serve then our example or his example ought to teach us we're not here to be served we're here to serve how do we minister like Jesus point one ministering like Jesus means first of all we're available we're available I've heard preachers say I mean I'm honest I'm, I'm telling you the truth I've heard preachers say in all seriousness I know you chaplains have probably heard this maybe in seriousness or maybe in jest the ministry would be great if it weren't for the people I've heard people say that preachers say that the people are the ministry well people are messy hey guess what I'm messy. I have things that are not perfect in my life. Way, way, way. I didn't even talk about, I'm so far, I didn't even see perfection, okay? Uh, So we all have messiness, and we all have needs, and we all have problems, and we're all wanting it sometime or another. Uh, People are the ministry. So when people are hurting, and when people are in, in need, we need to be available to them. And here's how Jesus modeled servanthood, in at least one 
one place in the Word of God, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20, two blind men, the Bible says, were there, and, and they shouted, Lord, have mercy upon us. And the Bible says Jesus stopped and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Matthew 20, 30, and 32. So I want you to notice the first thing he did that you might gloss over there is he stopped. I mean, Jesus is walking along to uh, blind people say, Jesus, have mercy upon us, and he stops. And sometimes we get so busy in walking along, we get so busy in living life, we get so busy doing the things that are so all fired and important that we ignore the most important. So he stopped. Most, and, and you can check me on this, most of Jesus' miracles were the result of interruptions. They weren't planned events. I mean, Jesus, I don't believe Jesus said, um, let's see, let's see, get my day planner out. Okay, today we're going to have this huge crowd show up, and uh, so uh, we're going to run out of food so that uh, I can do it. They weren't planned events. Now, I understand God plans everything, okay? But I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, he said, go get food for everybody. They said, we don't have enough food for everybody. There's no way we can feed this many people. And so he performed a miracle. And I'm just saying a lot of the miracles occurred because of interruptions in the schedule. He was always, always, always available. And may I make an application here? If, if, we, if God is our God and if we are truly his servants, bondservant in the King James, slave, if we are truly God's slaves, we are available. Because you don't, as a slave, when your master calls, you don't say, you know, I just don't feel like it today. I know you wanted me to work in the fields, but I'm not, I'm not into that today. It doesn't float my boat today. I'd rather play video games. It's not going to work with him as your master, and it's not going to work with God. So we've got to be available. In, in Proverbs chapter 3, wisest man who ever wrote in verse 28 says, Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. Now is the time that people have needs. Now is the time. In, in crisis mode, you, you don't tell someone in crisis mode, listen, you, you've got to wait and work it into my calendar. Here's John Wesley's motto, and I'm put, it's up on the screen, I believe. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, by all the ways you can, in all the places you can, and at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. That's pretty inclusive. One word, available. Available. We say we want to serve. Most Christians say they want to serve, but there, there are barriers to actually serving. The first barrier is self-centeredness. We are we can be, by nature, very self-absorbed, very concerned about ourselves. And that's why in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says, Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Busyness is an, en is an enemy of ministry. We have our plans. We have our dreams. We have our schedule. We are, and we hang this do not disturb sign on our heart and sometimes even with family we, we're, we're not necessarily available because we're also self-absorbed we need to be like a concierge anybody ever used the concierge did i say it right 
I'm not even sure what they are, but they, they always have this really fancy desk in the lobby of, of hotels, and uh, they're, they are there to serve you. What can I do for you, sir? What can I do for you, ma'am? They are available. And if you do call the concierge and they're not available, they're not doing their job because that is their job. And that is our job. And, and the concierge might be in the middle of doing something really important, for some, but they, they have to be available. They have to lend you an ear. So let's get our thoughts off of ourselves and our thoughts onto other people. Well, preacher, I've got my own trouble, my own needs. And yes, you do. And yes, I do. But guess what? There's a hurting humanity out here that needs to see Christ modeled in you especially if you let them know you're a Christian. They want to see it. So don't be self-centered. Secondly, perfectionism. Listen to what, the again, the smartest man, who, the wisest man who ever lived, Ecclesiastes wrote, uh, verse 11, chapter 11, verse 4. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to wait for the perfect person to come along. Then I'll marry them. Too late. I already got her. Sorry, guys. You wait for the perfect person to come along, you're going to be waiting a really, really, really long time. Well, we're going to wait um, and have children when we know how to raise them. You will never have children. Or the corollary to that, we're going to wait until we can afford them. You can never afford them. And let me tell you something, grandkids are worse. You cannot afford those things. We've told our kids, stop where you are. We don't have any more. That's all we can handle right there. That's it. So, so are you waiting until things settle down? Then I'll serve God. Wait till I get a little bit older. Then I'll serve God. You're waiting for the the perfect. Here's an idea. Why don't you serve God and serve people while you're waiting for things to get perfect? How about that? How about helping them get perfect? That'll be a full-time job. So perfectionism can be a barrier to serving. And you know what? What I was telling these kids about, it's true. Some of you, you would be terrified if it said, hey, would you teach the class this week? I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be on the East Coast. Would you please come? And you're like, oh, man, I, I, I'm afraid I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, you know what? You need to get to the point where you would be able to do that. You need to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. You need to hide the word of God in your heart. You, may, you need to be willing to give an answer to any man that hopes, asks of the hope that's within you, that lies within you. You need to get to a point where you can do ministry. And you say, well, I, I, I might say something wrong. I say something wrong? Sometimes we, we'll get in the car on the way home. Pat, do you know what you said? No, what did, what did I say? And she tells me, I'm like, no, nah, I didn't say that. And I listen to the podcast, yeah, I did say that. Didn't mean to say that, didn't think I was saying that. You don't have to wait until you're perfect to serve God. He uses imperfect beings. He takes us where we are and takes us where we need to be. Third barrier to serving is materialism. The Bible says no man can serve two masters you cannot serve both God and money. In fact, not just the Bible. Jesus said that. You cannot serve both God and money. So we got to decide, do we want to be rich? Do we want to be blessed by God? Are we going to be a kingdom builder or a wealth builder? And, and here's some reasons maybe why some of you, I didn't take a survey, so this is not official, but here's maybe some reasons why some of you are not serving. Well, I'm a new Christian. Uh, I hear about needs. I don't even know what ministry means. 
do I have to be, you know, a Bible scholar in, in order to, to really serve? Or someone might say, I don't really know, uh, I didn't really know that God needed my help. Or someone else says, maybe, I think uh, what kept me from initially being used by God was not knowing how much ministry would positively influence my own life. And probably the second thing was my not knowing where I could be used and where I could make a difference. We're going to help you with that in just a little bit. Uh, someone else says, maybe I was too busy and found I was caught up uh, by life and trying to meet the demands of a family, a job, and a career, and that kind of thing, uh, and it carried me from my focus. So, so be available. You know what? If you're not available, you can't serve. If Fitz is not available, he can't teach. If George is not available, Glenn and Nick and Grant, and if they're not available, they're not going to be able to serve. So be available. Second thing is be grateful. Ministering like Jesus means being grateful. I, I don't know, this may not impress you as much as it impressed me, but in John chapter 11, verses 41 and 42, Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. And, and to me, it impresses me that the Son of Almighty God, who, who had inseparable communion uh, for all of eternity up to this up to the up to the crucifixion had inseparable unity forever and and he took the time in his earthly ministry here to look up to his father and say father i thank you that you have heard me being thankful to god makes us want to do something for him being thankful to god helps us to uh, being appreciative helps us to want to do something to help others. In Psalm 100, verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Being grateful. It, it is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. So, the, so sometimes in this being grateful thing, uh, there, there are barriers as well. And the first barrier here that I want to talk about is, is comparing and criticizing. And, and the way God always does this, it just seems like all the time, I, I'm getting ready to preach this message, and yesterday in my private devotions, it talks about Israel being delivered from Egypt, all the incredible uh, signs, miracles, and wonders. I mean, what they observed was unbelievable. Pharaoh was reduced, and, and the nation of Egypt reduced to nothing in a miraculous way to, to provide for the safety of Israel, not only going out from slavery and captivity, but being delivered as the people gave them gold and silver and jewels and said, go on, take it, get out of here. A miraculous deliverance. And what do they do? They get out in the wilderness, and then right away, they start griping and complaining and criticizing. That's why I know they're Baptists. They start griping, complaining, and criticizing. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I miss the onion rings we used to get at Jack in the Box, and I haven't been able to get any onion rings like that since we left Egypt, and I'm just tired of this. They, you know, says they, they miss the, the, the leeks and the garlic and the, and the food, and, 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 you know, it's pitiful stuff that falls from heaven. Manna, this, this bread, this stuffy, I mean, I'm just tired of it. All they had to do was go out and pick it up and boil it or bake it or whatever they want to do to it. And every day of their, they didn't have to go to Smart and Final. They didn't have to go to Bonds. They didn't have to go to Albertson. They didn't have to go to Big Bears. There's still a Big Bear. They didn't have to do any of that. They didn't have to go to 7-Eleven. They just went out and picked a basket and picked up the manna that God provided for them. And instead of being grateful and thankful and falling on their face before Almighty God and saying, thank you, God, for sustaining us in this desert, where there's nothing to eat, they were complaining. 
and the water's bitter, and there's not enough. And we don't know. Romans 14, verse 4, who are you to criticize someone else's servant? The Lord will determine whether his servant has been successful. We're not to be critical. He says here uh, that not to worry, we shouldn't, we wouldn't dare say that we as, are as wonderful as these other men who tell how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. So, so they were criticizing. Uh, in one case, they were comparing themselves. In another case, and, and all of us have different gifts and different tasks and different ministries. And so we shouldn't compare. We shouldn't criticize. We should be grateful to God. When we compare ourselves to other people, we usually, we usually have the tendency is to pick someone who is not as faithful or, or spiritual or whatever. And, well, I'll tell you what, I'm better than so-and-so. How do you know that? We, we very seldom compare ourselves to, like, uh, Billy Graham or some other, you know, uh, John MacArthur or uh, Lee Strobel. Or we, we, don't, we compare ourselves to, yeah, that's the danger. So we either get jealous when we compare ourselves because so-and-so has more gifts, they have more ability, they seem to be have it all together, and we don't, or we get kind of discouraged and, and, and down uh, or, or we get proud. Either thing's wrong. So don't be comparing. Don't be criticizing. Just be grateful for the gifts that God has given to you. Second barrier in, in, this, in this train of thought is wrong motivations. In Matthew 6, 1, Jesus said, when you do good deeds, don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. Self-promotion and servanthood do not mix. And sometimes we serve to be praised, we serve for our own glory, and that's the wrong motivation. So be available, be grateful. Last thing is be faithful. Ministering like Jesus means being faithful. Jesus said in John 17, I brought you glory on earth by how? Completing the work you gave me to do. In his great intercessory prayer, Jesus saying to his father, I have brought you glory, God, on this earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Completion means we don't give up. Completion means we see it through. Completion means we accomplish what we set out to accomplish. When I was talking about a year and a half or two years ago about retiring, I never used the word retired. I used the word reassigned. Because you don't retire from the callings of God. Dennis, you're getting ready to get out of the Navy. You don't retire from the callings of God. And you know that. Robert, you know that. Same thing. Uh, and, and by the way, everybody here, as, because every member's a minister, right? Every member's a minister. You don't retire from serving God. I don't care if you're 150 years old, Jim. Uh, I don't care how old you get. <laughs> teasing him. I'm teasing him. He's only 130. I know that. We, we always serve. We always are faithful. So we, we might retire from a specific command or a specific job or a specific church or whatever else, but we, we continue serving God. The one thing required of servants is that they be found faithful. Faithful. And faithful means you can count on that person. A person who is faithful 90% of the time isn't faithful. Give you a lot of illustrations, but I think you probably got some rattling around your head right now. 
In order to be faithful, you've got to be faithful all the time. Most of what we do in this life will not last very long, but what we do for Christ will last forever. So that's why Paul said, throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him will be a waste of time or effort. I like that. Throw yourself into the work. Throw yourself into the work. Being confident nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. We got to know the difference in significance and prominence. Significance and prominence. Your nose, my nose, is prominent. It's not necessarily significant. My lungs are significant. My heart is significant. Yes, I do have a heart. It's significant. You got to have it. I, I could go without my nose and be an ugly thing, but I, I can, it's uglier, yeah, but, I, but I, you can't go without your heart. You can't go without your lungs. So what do you want to be? You want to be prominent? You want to be significant in serving God and in serving other people. Several years ago, two boys went to a church service, tried to get into a church service, but it was packed out and they kind of wandered in and, and, and they couldn't find any empty seats. So they turned around, decided they were going to leave because they couldn't find a seat. But listen to this one usher. One usher took an interest in him and said, hey, guys, you looking for seats? They said, yeah. So, and he said, here, I'll go. And he, he found them some seats, and they sat down in the service. And that night, both of those boys accepted Christ and became Christians, and one of them was Billy Graham, who has now led multiplied millions to Christ through his ministries. How many know the name Billy Graham? How many know the name of the usher? How many, know, how many know the name of Dwight Moody, D.L. Moody? How many know that there was a Sunday school teacher who was so timid about witnessing to D.L. Moody that he walked packed and forth in front of the shop where D.L. Moody was working before he could work up the courage to go in and tell Moody about Jesus Christ? And Moody got saved. Prominence or significance? Here's a test. How many know of you who came in here today know the name of the first person that you met coming in the back doors? How many of you know the name of the first person you met? A few of you. Okay. Okay. All right. How many of you have children that are here today? Okay. How, how many of you know the names of the people teaching your children? Yeah, several of them. How many of you know the names of all the musicians up here on the platform? Okay, a few of you. How many of you know who restocked the restroom? You ought to be thankful for them. <laughs> you ought to be thankful for them. Thank God for them. How many of you know the person who printed the bulletin for you today? Yeah, a few of you. Okay, all right. The truth is, a lot of ministry, a lot of it is done behind the scenes. The truth of the matter is that this lady right down here in the front row who does not like to be pointed out and does not like about what I'm about to say <clears throat> is a behind-the-scenes person who does incredible things for God. And yeah, I'm the guy. I like to get up here. Can we get the lights up a little bit? You know, can you bring, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's my, yeah, okay, pray for me. She doesn't want a lights. She doesn't want a microphone. 
She just does her thing and does God's thing. And whatever success, whatever blessings we've had in ministry in a large part are because of her. I thank you for that. And I know her name. Significance or prominence? Which do you want? Because sometimes you can't have both. Here's a promise for volunteers. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other Christians. We have a responsibility to lost people, but we also have a responsibility to other Christians. I want to hear one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, so I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. That's what I want to do one day. I, I want to hear those words. Don't know if it'll happen, but I want to. So let's get real practical, because I think most of us want to hear those words. And what I want you to do is I want you to take out a commitment card, connection card. I want you to take that out. And I want you to... I want you to really think and pray about. Right now, right down here, we got a, a, a nursery. And you'd be surprised how many babies are in that nursery. Sometimes. A lot of kids, a lot of babies in there. And we need some extra help in there. Right now, we've got, um, is the GAT with the kids right now? So she's, on, and, and we need enough help. A GAT doesn't need to be out of the service every single week. She does not need that. I don't want anybody out of the service every single week. don't want Darian out of the service every single week, but a lot of times she's back here in the nursery or helping out over here. And some of you could be helpers in the nursery, or you could be helpers in the children's ministry. And, and you don't have to have this wealth of Bible knowledge to be a helper. Some of you might, uh, maybe that's not your thing, but we've got a, we've got a couple's small group going uh, with Jake and Jen, and, and we're excited about that. And maybe you could help them out. Maybe you could say, you know what, hey, let me bring uh, snacks or something, or, you know, get, I mean, you could just be a helper. You could hold their hands up, like, like, like Moses had people holding his hands up. Um, maybe, uh, you know, the, the, the McDonald house, Ronald McDonald house ministry. That's something you, I mean, I'm just saying there's something. What is your ministry? How do you serve Christ right now? We know Micah serves. We know the musicians serve. We know we know we got guys and, and gals sometimes back here in the back booth and they serve. We know others teach. What are you doing? What are you doing in an active way, sir? If, and I said this, I think I already said this last week, but if you didn't show up, would anything change about what happens here at First Baptist Church. Because it should. There should be a need to get someone to do what you did because every member is a minister. So I want you to pray. What is your niche in this church family? Where do you serve? What are you doing that makes a difference? And then I want you to volunteer now, I learned something a couple weeks ago. Jamie taught me that the word Navy is actually an acronym that for never again volunteer yourself. I know that's what he taught me. I'd never, I'd never heard that before. Um, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to take the ministry that God has, the gifts that God has given you, 
the life God has given you, the church family God has given you, the abilities you have. I'm going to challenge you to figure out how can you employ those things in, in serving the Lord here? Because with all the things you have, you can either waste them or you can invest them. And the difference is, in 1975, I think, if you had bought $5,000 worth of stock in Price Club, you would be a multimillionaire today. But no, you went to Starbucks 643 times. <laughs> You invested in Starbucks. Now they have stores everywhere. I don't even know if they're wearing Starbucks in 75. The difference in investing and wasting. So you have talents. You have passions. You have gifts. With your background, your experience, the freedom that we have, the education that you have, the family you have, the opportunity you have, there's something, maybe several somethings you can do for God. I start out this message talking about Elvis Presley, not a great spiritual giant, obviously, but a curious fact about him, 250 million albums sold, one Grammy Award, an album that was entitled, He Touched Me. Listen to just a couple of the words from that song, after the lightning and thunder, after the last bell has rung, I want to bow down before Jesus and hear him say, well done, my son. He is my reason for living. He is my king of kings. I long to be in his possession. He is my everything. Is he your everything today? Is God going to be able to say of you one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads? Every head bowed. And would you, would you articulate this, these notions that I'm about to share with you to the Lord? Would you, would you open yourself up and, and pray to God? First of all, if you're not saved, invite him into your life. Invite him to be your savior. Invite him to forgive you of your sins. That's, the, that's first and foremost. If you never do anything else, if you never ever come back again, to First Baptist Church or never go to another church, make sure you're trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But for those of us who've already done that, would you pray something like this? Father, I, I realize I was created to serve you by serving others. I realize I was created to serve you by serving others. Forgive me for the times that I've put a do not disturb sign on my heart. Help me to see interruptions as an opportunity to serve. Help me to make time for what matters the most, for what will last forever. You've been so good to me. I want to give something back. I want to serve you freely, gratefully, and faithfully so that one day when I get to heaven, I might hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you now, 
to remain seated, to take your connection card, and to write down something that you're praying about, volunteering for, something that you can do in the body of Christ. Maybe it's a suggestion. Maybe it's something I haven't mentioned. Maybe you want to know. Maybe you want to talk and try to figure out what it is. If you're already serving, put down the ministry that you're serving in. Just recommit to that. Take just a few moments to do that. And while they sing an invitation, I'll be up here. Fitz will be up here. Pat will be up here. Rachel will be up here. If you want to come and trust Christ, if you want to come for special prayer, if you want to come and join the church, you want to come for rededication, if there's anything we can help you with, we'll be up here to help you. Otherwise, just listen and fill out the card. fits to put a face to a name <laughs> this morning. Uh, well, I welcome all of our first-time um, visitors. I hope I get a chance to see you before you leave. Um, welcome this morning. You might have noticed we're at the end of our service here. We haven't pl- passed the plate, uh, but we do have an offering box if you do feel so led, and you can drop it in uh, there at the back by the, uh, the door as you leave. Also, for the Connect cards that uh, Pastor Jim was mes- uh, mentioning, uh, please drop those in there so that we can get in touch with you um, and uh, and reach out to you, especially for those of you who hopefully have written down how you think you might be able to serve here in this body of Christ. So I want to point out a couple things that are in your bulletin already. Uh, it's very important, as Jim was speaking about this morning, that we equip ourselves for these good works. We do that through understanding and learning God's Word. And we have opportunities to do that just not here on Sunday mornings, but if you want, you can start on Sunday mornings, 845. We meet right here in this room, and uh, we're going through the book of Revelation right now uh, in the adult uh, Sunday school class. Welcome all uh, adults, young adults as well. Uh, Please join us as we study there uh, every Sunday morning starting at 845, and we talk about our week, and we get kick it off about 9 o'clock. Also, uh, Wednesday, this Wednesday will be the last mops of the year. Victoria, are you around? She's not here, but she'll be here on Wednesday because that's the last uh, MOPS meeting. Mothers of preschoolers, encourage you all that uh, if you haven't been there, if you, if you are a new uh, uh, person with us today and if you are a mother of preschoolers, please show up and, and see what that group is about. It's an amazing ministry. Uh, that night, 
Uh, Jake and Jen will be leading the study at 6.30. It is awesome stuff. I couldn't be there Wednesday night, but Jake shared with me some of the material, and it's phenomenal. It's how to study your Bible. It's how do we do that. And so encourage anybody who wants to show up. Young, you'll take somebody who's not young, right? And maybe even if you're not a couple. All right, I got some, yeah, I've got some well-tanned, short-haired friends of mine here that uh, if they're not getting run around and, and sugar cookie to death might, uh, might benefit from some of that teaching as well. All of us could. That's on Wednesday nights, 630. Uh, then we have a small group that meets over in the K's at the Lasseter's house. Uh, that meets at 7 to 830. Uh, or I'm sorry, Almquist house. It's Dave Lasseter's group meeting at the Almquist's house. Um, I don't see the, uh, Myla, I saw you here this morning behind me. There you go. You can see Myla, and she'll tell you where to go. Um, ladies, Jen, will be meeting uh, this uh, on Friday, right? Fridays, 9.30 to 11.30. Uh, there's child care available, too. So all those opportunities to, to dive into God's Word a little more deeply. Um, next Sunday, we're going to learn uh, the fifth purpose, if you're stu- following along in the book, is, and that's on evangelism. So, you know, Jim mentioned it today. Why have we been saved? I brought this up to the class. Why didn't God just take you right to heaven? He's <laughs> kind of slow. What's he wasting time? I mean, let's just go. No, you're his hands and feet. How are they going to know on whom to call if they don't know who that person is? And it, that's why he keeps us here. So uh, we're going to learn about that next week. Um, he's already mentioned the, the needs that we have for volunteers and, and nursery. And then lastly, I uh, see very good friends of mine back there, and I'm going to invite them up here shortly. So Tim and Sharon, just, that's a warning. Um, because I want to invite you all to Radius Day, uh, and I'll have Tim come up and talk about that ministry here. Uh, Tim, why don't you come on up? And while you're coming up, it's this next it's Saturday the 21st. I know because I'm finally signed up and ready to go. I'm really, really excited. Um, talk about evangelism. It's about reaching it, – it's, it's a program about reaching – the unreached. You're like, well, who's the unreached? Who are the, I got neighbors that are, why would I want to pass by my neighbors and go to the quote unreached? My neighbor's unreached. No, no, no. Everyone's lost. Without Christ, we're all lost. But there are some areas of the world where they've never even heard. And and you say, well, what about right here? I I know my neighbor hasn't heard. Well, no, you're there. (laughs) You're, You're there. But there are literally billions of people around the world who have never been exposed to the gospel of Christ. And scripture teaches us without Christ, there is no salvation. We are all sinners and they're going to hell. All of us here deserve all of that, but we, by God's grace, by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone, have been saved. That message needs to go out. Tim, talk about Radius and what you do. It's phenomenal. Um, and tell us also a little bit about what you have done in the past. Thanks very much, Fitz. Okay, we're going to try to keep this short. Um, Sharon and I worked in Papua New Guinea as missionaries for 14 years, and we just got a little message today that the churches in the Mamusi tribe, this is an unreached area in Papua New Guinea, that God allowed us the privilege of going in and living in, the, in their village in the middle of the jungle in Papua New Guinea. We built our own airstrip. That was our only form of contact with the outside world. And today we just got notification that they had just completed a new outreach. 
and had some new believers who had just come to understand the gospel for the first time. So God is continuing to work there. There were, are 10 different churches established through the, that little jungle mountain area, and God allowed us the privilege of having a little tiny part in doing that by learning their language, understanding their culture, and then being able to teach God's word, starting in Genesis and building all the way through until they understood that Jesus was their only hope for their sin. And they, many of them, have now believed in him, and some are still hearing that. Fast forward, just about four years ago, we were asked to come back here to San Diego to start to help start Radius International. Radius International is a non-denominational, open to all evangelical churches and mission agencies to train prepare missionaries that we don't call missionaries because many of our students are heading to countries where you're not allowed to be a missionary. So we are training workers, cross-cultural workers, to go to unreached people groups. There are over, today, still, in 2016, there are over 3,000 people groups with their own language that have no access to the gospel that Fitz was alluding to. That's a fact. That's a reality. Radius, we want to be a part of contributing to local churches like First Baptist Coronado. Anyone who is desiring to go, God is challenging them to go and be involved in being a part of making a dent in reaching one of those people groups for the gospel we help prepare those guys. I get the privilege of training them in culture and language stuff. My coworkers teach on church planning principles and spiritual foundations, how you even, how do you walk with God in a really, really tough situation? We're talking about um, North Africa, Middle East, Asia, Central Asia, very difficult areas to access for the gospel. How do you even live there? Sharon and I get the privilege of working with those guys. Young people, mostly young people, except I got to tell you about Rob and Beth. They are 35 years old. He came out of the oil industry up in Bakersfield, California. His wife was a speech pathologist. Very successful careers, both of them, with three little kids, Ethan, Emma, and Aaron. And if you're coming to the Radius Day on Saturday, you might actually get to meet those guys and their kids. Rob and Beth basically have turned away from their career in the oil industry and in speech pathology to go and say, we want to trust God to reach one of those people groups with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do whatever it takes to cross that finish line and finish the task that God has given us to do we get the privilege of working with those kind of guys. Unbelievable privilege. But for you to get in on that and to get a little glimpse, what we're doing is this is the first time we put on a radius day, but it's to give local pastors, local uh, churches, an opportunity to see what kind of training we're offering, what we can actually provide for you and the people that you are wanting to send out to the unreached. 
you can come and be a part of that. Fitz is going. Our van is going to be available. What we would like you to do um, is if you, on your connection card somewhere, if you'll put your name and email address and say, we would like to come to Radius Day, then um, Jim and the guys in the office here will be able to connect with you and we will be able to make sure that you have a, a way to get down there. And that is, we will be leaving our house down in South South San Diego. We're just three miles from the border. And we'll be leaving it from there about quarter to eight Saturday morning so we can arrange for you to come down. If you need to um, contact me directly, I'm at Tim at RadiusInternational.org. Tim at RadiusInternational.org. Sharon? It is in Tijuana, so you will need a passport. Sorry, Radius is in Tijuana, but we're training North Americans, English speakers, in a cross-cultural environment. We actually get them to practice what they're learning every day. They get to interact with people. And this church has been supporting financially Sharon and myself, personally, as a family, and Radius International for this last few months, and we are extremely thankful for you guys and your involvement in our ministry, and we're just offering a little bit more of an opportunity for you to come and have a look and see what's been going on at Radius. We have 19 students this year, right now. We had 11 last year. Our daughter, Sarah, who many of you know, she graduated last December, and she's heading out to China in January. She's now working at the Ocean View Christian Academy uh, as a substitute teacher, and she's going to be there a Radius Day as well. So if you want to go onto the Radius International website, there's, an, there's even on the church, on the First Baptist Church Coronado Facebook page, there's a Radius Day announcement. So you can go there, then you can track to the radiusinternational.org website, and you can register just so that we know how many to expect for meals in Tijuana. And um, any other questions, grab me, grab Fitz. Um, Fitz and Agat will be coming down as well. Thank you guys so much for the privilege of being a part of you guys. We miss you a lot. We've, we've finally torn ourselves away from you guys and the great fellowship we enjoyed here and we're actually in a, a local church really close to us in our community and we're really enjoying getting involved there thank you very much thanks Tim I encourage you all grab them I mean imagine going to the jungles of Papua New Guinea we, we I mean it's amazing like literally cutting down the trees leveling the field you know to make an airstrip uh, and they did that with a baby or two he had two babies at the time. So my uh, two older ones right there are like, Mom, Dad, would you at least wait a little bit before you go off to the jungles before we get through high school? So I think that covers all our announcements. Again, welcome you all. It's great to have you, and, and we'll f uh, finish here worshiping in song and, and be dismissed. All right. You're just, yeah, we're going to play songs for you to walk out and fellowship together with. So have a great week.